Hello folks, today on the show we have Rida Baksh. Rida is a certified life coach and motivational speaker. She helps overwhelmed women regain motivation and confidence to create room for positivity, growth and balance. Before starting her own heart-centered business, Rida spent her days climbing the corporate ladder, working in Fortune 500 companies. The years in business management and communications uncovered her superpower and the true passion of training, mentoring and coaching others on how to become successful. Rida effectively facilitated workshops, conferences and meetings while providing inspiration and information to drive positive productivity. So without further ado, let's welcome Rida Baksh. Hi, this is Apoor. Hey, this is Arish. We have been learning ways to bring harmony in different aspects of our lives. such as mental health physical health financial health along the way we noticed more and more people were keen on learning from us each week we discuss topics like mental health focus social skills to help you better navigate through life so join us in this podcast as we navigate through the many complexities of our modern life hello rida welcome to the show thank you thank you so much for having me apurva i'm happy to be here so the other day when we were talking you t- told me that there were some quite negative outcomes early in your life and it was not until that you fixed your mindset that you started seeing the positive effects what were the mindset shifts that you made and how did it affect you yes so um going back to our other conversation so basically for me when i was in my early 20s I found myself getting caught up in a perpetual state of negativity. I was always plagued with all of these negative thoughts, and it's funny because I would always say that I uh, I would complain about other people being negative, but I in fact was being negative myself. Like I would judge other people for being judgmental. So I was honestly living a life full of contradictions, and I just want to give a little background just in case anybody can relate because part of that was being a people pleaser. and i noticed that i was putting myself in negative situations and i actually encountered a freak accident that left me with a scar down my face and back then like i said i was always negative i didn't have a lot of money everything that i tried failed and i was just so easily discouraged so one of the things that i had to do in making a mindset shift was one i had to realize that i was in this negative state Sometimes we're living on autopilot and so many people don't even realize that they're actually manifesting their own outcomes. So, one of the things um in the way that I grew up and I just want to share this with you and your listeners is that I was always told growing up that if you want to have something positive in your life or you want these dreams or you want to accomplish all of these goals, you need to keep it to yourself. Because if you talk about it, then other people's negative energy will actually strip it away and it may not come to fruition. And that's just so ridiculous, right? To to think about that because if anybody believes in the law of attraction, I know some people do and some don't, but it completely contradicts that, right? Because if you want something and you believe that you want it, you have to put it out there. You have to write it down, you have to visualize it. Speak as if it's already happening. So with having all of this, you know, in my brain at the time, I needed to make these mindset shifts. So to answer your question, first I had to identify the thoughts, 
Then I had to remove the negative ones that were no longer serving me. I had to start to introduce like new positive thoughts daily. And another helpful thing that really helped to put me in the right trajectory was starting a gratitude journal. Every day I would wake up and just select three things that I was completely grateful and thankful for, and I would write it down. And so for me, I was always in a a state of high energy and intensity. So I had to find ways to calm my mind. And so that might be helpful for some, you know, introducing meditation or yoga, because when we're in that high state of anxiety and overwhelm, our cortisol goes up. And so it's really important to calm that mind and go, you know, tap into the parasympathetic nervous system where we can actually be a little more um, calm and clearer in our approach on how we, how we live our lives. So those were some things that I did in order to get me on a better trajectory. You also, in your answer, told us that you were a people pleaser. And as I understand, uh, right now you call yourself a recovering people pleaser. That's quite an interesting term. Could you talk more about it, what it actually means and how it affects your life and what exactly are you doing to recover from that being a people pleaser? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's really funny when I call myself a recovering people pleaser. But what that essentially meant or means is that when you put everybody else first, you know, have you ever um, had plans for, for the day or you, you wanted to accomplish something, but then you get a phone call and someone needs you, whether it be a family member or a friend or whomever, whatever it is, and you stop what you're doing and you put other people's needs ahead of your own. Well, I did that for so long. And what I realized was I thought I was, it was coming out of a place of love. I thought if my family needed me, you know, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm just going to be there. If, you know, a friend needed me, it's unconditional love. You know, at least that's what I thought. But what I realized after doing some real, um, you know, identifying of who I was, I realized that wasn't coming from a place of love. It was coming from a place of fear. I was showing up for other people and putting them ahead of myself because I wanted to feel loved. I wanted to feel accepted. I wanted them to love me as much as I love them. So it wasn't me truthfully doing it for them. I was doing it because I needed to feel these things. And so sometimes, and a lot of the clients that I work with, when they say that they put themselves last, what we do is try to understand first why that's happening. Why are you putting other people ahead of yourself? But when you can first identify that, then you have to get out of autopilot because doing it for so long, always stopping what you're doing and putting everybody else first, that becomes natural for you. And the way that you'll know if this is you is when someone in your life, someone new in your life will say to you, well, you just drop what you're doing for someone else. You know, that could be a red flag to say, you know what, maybe I really need to assess what I'm doing. And the way to come out of it, like I said, Aperva, is first identify that you're doing it And then you need to set some real solid boundaries for yourself. You need to understand that you are equally as important and you have to honor yourself and honor your time. And when you do that, your quality of life is actually going to improve. And then you can set that expectation with other people so that they understand that there is a balance and you have to honor your energy and you have to honor your time. That does sound quite right. And Obviously, you will have to uh, put some amount of importance to what you are doing and what you are planning or accomplishing along with uh, people in your life as well. 
you told us that uh, you met with an accident and then actually you moved into a state of introspection in which you uh, evaluated things and you realized that uh, there are things that you probably are not doing right and then um, fixed those mindsets and moved ahead from there. Mm -hmm. As I also know is that you met with a second accident after that and then your response to that was much better compared to the first one. Could you talk a little bit what happened there? Yes, yeah, sure. So as I was saying, um, or as you led into, I did have the first accident and then that led me or resulted rather with a scar down my face. And then in between, I decided that, you know, I wanted to get out of this negative mindset. I wanted a better life for myself. And so I already made the decision in my mind that I was going to do these things. So I started to do the mindset shifts that we talked about a little earlier. And then, but I wasn't completely there yet, right? I, I wanted it, but sometimes you just wanting it, you don't know how to take the action to actually get there. So a couple of years after the first accident, then I was in an, a car accident where I was actually thrown from the vehicle. Unfortunately, I wasn't wearing my seatbelt and being the passenger uh, upon impact. When the door flew open, I flew out. So liter literally and figuratively, I hit rock bottom. I hit the ground. And so normally, if I was in the same mindset as I was prior, I would have felt sorry for myself. Because once again, here I am and my body is traumatized with physical pain. But what was different was my mind. And I talk about this quite often because even though something externally is happening to me, internally I was in a good place and I was excited to see, you know, how was I going to apply what I was learning about personal development and myself? Here is a real life example. I'm living it. So how am I going to approach this differently? And I did exactly all of the things that I said and I was setting goals for myself and I, I started setting intentions and affirmations and, you know, factoring all of those things in. And after we do this repetitively, it becomes a natural way of life. And so I am so not the person that I was in my 20s. That was 20 years ago. I am a completely different person. And I love being on podcasts and talking with great people like you because I just want more people to know that if you find yourself in a negative perpetual state, you can change and you can have that life that you so desire. You also talk about setting up something called daily intentions. And it's a very kind of a word that intrigues me mm. on what is daily int intentions. And you talk about like, setting up things that you want to achieve during the day. Mm -hmm. And as I understand, it is something like the goals for the day, something of that sort, but it would be better to hear it from you on what <laughs> it is exactly and how you do it. Sure, sure. So a lot of us have heard the term affirmations, right? So an affirmation essentially is the act or, or process of affirming something. So you say a positive statement in the now, like, uh, for example, I am successful. I am powerful. I am um, I am beautiful or anything is anything in the now. So the difference with an intention, and I like to incorporate those, there are slight variations on how people do them. But for me, I, they're always in the positive, just like an affirmation, right? But it's the way you want to show up in the world. So I set an intention 
sometimes to be patient. My intentions change on a daily basis. I have a history of not being a patient person in the past. I usually have this really um, terrible joke. I say, uh, I'm a doc. I'm like a bad doctor. I have no patience. So, <laughs> but I was not a very patient person. So when I set the intention, I'm going to be patient. That means that that day, no matter what happens, I'm going to react in a patient way. I'm going to be a patient person. So it's just basically, how do you want to show up? So no matter what happens, you will remember that that is the person you want to be that day. Another intention that I like to set is I welcome any challenges today. Now, I don't call them problems and I don't put it in the negative because challenges are actually a positive way because it's something that you can look forward to accomplishing. So another one is I will think in solutions today. And so no matter what happens, because of course, you know, we all have so many things that happen on a daily basis in, you know, whatever it is that we're doing with work, with life, family. If you remember what intention you set, then it will be easier for you to be that person. It helps us to be able to live a more deliberate life so that we are in control of all the roles. Like I was saying, like whether you're a spouse, parent, friend, daughter, son, you get to choose how you want to show up. And then that really goes into how we can be more reactive or I'm sorry, more responsive than being reactive. I hope that made sense. That definitely does make sense. You talked about we should be more responsive than more reactive. Mm -hmm. How do we differentiate between the two? And what are the advantages of being more responsible, responsive in compared to being more reactive? So being reactive, and this leads really well into intentions or plays from intentions, because when we're reactive, that just means exactly what the word says. We react without thinking. So when I was talking about any situation that comes your way, if you react, that's your trigger response, right? It's the first thing that comes to your mind, and then you're just going to react. So if I were to set an intention, for example, I intend to be calm today. And let's say, hypothetically, I encounter a situation that would normally result in me getting, you know, uh, worked up or frantic. I will remember that I intended to be calm today. And then I will take a pause and I'll think about how I want to respond. So if you don't factor in that pause and you simply react, you might have an undesirable effect. Like I'm sure a lot of us have heard the term or the saying, oh, think before you speak. Right. So essentially it is the same concept, but when you couple that with an intention, that gives you the reminder of how you want to respond. It's essentially you've pre-decided who you're going to be that day. It is a very simple process. It is harder to implement, you know, once you first start incorporating it into your into your routine, but it will have a huge impact because we want to respond because that is more methodical and more thought-driven than react where that is just a trigger response. Doing this over time, it will become more natural for you. I usually like to set one to two intentions a day because when we set too many, it, sometimes it becomes cumbersome and too hard to focus on those things. But if you do, and you can repeat them throughout the week until it becomes natural for you. Okay. As I understand, what you basically mean is that you should give yourself a little bit of time to mm -hmm. analyze the situation and then you decide how you need to 
act on that situation rather than just jumping and doing mm-hmm. whatever the first thought that comes to your mind. Exactly. And then when you set that intention, right, you're already choosing who you want to be. So as I mentioned before, right, I was not typically a patient person, but I am so much more patient now because when I didn't have patience, it led to anxiety and overwhelm. But now practicing it, and not, it's not just thinking before you speak, it's how do I want to respond in certain situations? So you're essentially developing new neuro pathways in your brain because now you get to decide who you want to be. For so long, we've lived on autopilot, no matter what age you are at this point in your life. Everything that you've done, all of your experiences, all of that coupled together has made you who you are. If there are things that you don't like about yourself, you identify those and then you set intentions in a positive way to become the person that you want to become. Here, I'll also like to draw a comparison between being self-conscious and being self-aware. So what I understand from your talk is that you need to be aware of what you're doing, but you don't need to be conscious of it. So I read it out somewhere that you, if you develop a thing called an observing ego, basically, mm. is basically when you observe what you're doing without mm-hmm. having an emotional attachment to it, mm-hmm. then probably it can help you a lot in solving many of your problems. Here we need to understand that... Uh, it is not same as being self-conscious. A self-conscious person is someone who, rather than being observant of himself, he is very conscious of what he's doing and what he's not doing right, what he's doing wrong. It affects him very much emotionally. So that is not some state that we want to achieve. We want to look at it, analyze it, and keep it in our mind for future reference. Mm -hmm. I think that goes very hand in hand to what you were talking. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Do you also incorporate different affirmations in your um, plan? So I see and I hear a lot of people doing affirmations. What do you think is people usually miss why when they are doing affirmations and how do you do them that they actually have an impact in your life? So for me, again, everybody has different variations of how, what works for them, but affirmations for me, they must always be in the positive. Sometimes people will say, I want to stop doing this, or I need to limit this. And that's more of a negative spin. So we want to be sure that we use conscious language and everything is positive. So I am, and it's in the now, as I said before. So I am strong. I am successful. I am powerful. I am loved. I am worthy. All of these things, right? When you have an emotional connection to it, it actually saying it out loud and repeating it on a daily basis actually helps you to believe it. And again, if you believe in law of attraction, it will, the universe will bring you that your energy and your vibe, all of the positivity, you will become that person. A lot of times we just think it, but we don't say it. We don't write it. We don't do any of those things. We need to go in full immersion. I even like to take that a little step further and do um, incantations where essentially it's affirmations, but I'm changing my body. So I know you can't see me right now, but if I were to like put my hand up in the air when I say, I am powerful, 
you know, and just move my body every time I say a word, that's changing our physiology. And what that does, it gets the blood flowing. And it's it's a full body, mind, and heart exercise where you become connected to the affirmation and you believe what you're saying. Because once you believe it, it's just a matter of time before you will receive all of those things that you want because you believe it. And so the universe and people will react differently to you. Yeah. Incantations. I also have tried doing incantations. Ooh. I'm not, I have not been able to incorporate completely into my life yet, uh-huh. but I heard this talk by Tony Robbins in which he told oh, that yes. every, uh-huh. yeah, yeah every, every time when he used to go for a seminar in his young age, he used to do this, like, in his car, just shouting it out like, <laughs> I now command my subconscious mind to give me the strength, the power, the focus, the confidence, something like that. So that that is that was really impactful talk that I heard from Tony Robbins. And I've definitely tried it time and again, uh, although I've not been successful yet in doing that. But hopefully, soon <laughs> I'll be successful in doing it. Yes, definitely. And one thing I love that you just said, you said, I haven't been successful in doing it yet. And so it's beautiful when we put yet at the end of any of our sentences. So sometimes we may not know how to do something and we just stop with, I don't know. Anytime you add the word yet, that opens your mind and challenges your mind to find more creative ways of achieving what you want to achieve. So I encourage you and I implore you to keep trying those incantations. I think it's a a beautiful thing um, once you can feel it, but you just, you have to be connected to it because if you're just moving your body around and you're just saying the words and it's not working for you, it's because you're not feeling it. So maybe you just need to add that level and try it from that perspective and see if it works better for you. Definitely. I'll have to give it a try once again. I'll have to give it a try to... (laughs) Bring it back into my life. Yeah. You talk about that as we become parents and as we develop a family of our own, Mm. sometimes what happens is that we put ourselves on the back foot and we sort of take care, like more, we get more involved in taking care of the family as a whole and not taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, how do you suggest we maintain a balance between the two? Also, is is it something you think that just because of the family it is coming into your life or it was always there, but you it has more sort of, uh, it is more visible now, but it was always a part of you. If you are feeling that you are getting neglected with the family, then possibly it could have always been there, but you were, it was not very visible, but now it is very visible to you. First, there are two questions. First of all, I wanted to know, how do you maintain a balance between taking care of yourself and taking care of the family? Not putting focus on any of the two, too much focus on any of the two. And the second thing is that if you feel that you're getting neglected in this family situation, do you think that it was always there and you are just getting to realize it now or do you think that it is particularly come up due to you starting a family? So there are a lot of components to that question, right? So for me, uh, I really got lost in all of my roles, right? So I wasn't mentally prepared 
to become a wife and a mother and a daughter-in-law, sister-in-law, all of those things just happened really quickly. And so for other people, if you find yourself in a situation where you're not mentally prepared, you know, that can actually give you a disadvantage as you're going into a situation. I began to play a character in my life, right? So mother, wife, daughter, um, daughter-in-law, all of these things. And I really lost my sense of self. So this kind of goes back to me being a people pleaser, what we talked about in the beginning, because I had this desire and this need. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to feel important. And in doing that, I put everyone else first. And when you do that, you put yourself last, right? So you asked if it was always that way. I think to some degree it was that way and I didn't realize it, right? Because I wanted to be, I wanted to be selfless. And by doing that, I was actually hurting myself and I didn't realize that. And so now fast forward to where I'm an adult and now I'm trying to relearn or unlearn some of these negative thought patterns, right? Because when we have these underlying feelings, I'll I'll always talk about how it's important to identify them. Kind of what you were talking about earlier, right? Self-conscious, being self-aware. You have to decide who you are and decide who you want to be. And so I've decided that I don't want to feel like I'm constantly giving to others and I'm losing my sense of self. I'm not just playing a role anymore. You have to be deliberate in your life And so once I decided who I wanted to be, the way that we mitigate that or we change that is setting boundaries. You really have to set those boundaries and honor yourself, honor your time. If you were to look at your life like a wheel, right? If you envision like a wheel on a car and you cut those into pieces, like a fraction, right? Like a pie chart of some some sort. And you think about all of the the areas, right? Career, family, kids, um, any of those things like uh, health, religion. You think about those things and you think about percentage of time. How much time do I put in these areas? And when you go through that exercise, it's it's alarming, right? Because it's not balanced. And if that was a wheel on a car and it wasn't balanced, like that would be one bumpy ride. So one of the things that you have to to do is first kind of go through that exercise, highlight the the key things, the five, six things that you really want to have balance in, and then find ways that you can do that. And sometimes, honestly, saying no is a big one. That goes back to the people pleasing too. You have to say no when yes is a lie. Sometimes we say yes just because out of obligation because we feel like we have to. And when you do that, you're taking away from other areas, from that wheel. You're taking away from other areas when you're putting too much emphasis in another area. So we have to find balance. And big way to do that, like I said, is to set those boundaries and honor them. What are the some of the ways, if somebody is a people pleaser, what are the some of the ways that they can do to recover from it? So if I am in a habit of saying yes to everybody, mm-hmm. how can I go about it? Like suddenly tomorrow I cannot start saying no to everybody, right? <laughs> or suddenly tomorrow I cannot start setting boundaries. So people will get a little bit skeptic about it if I try to do that. What are the some of the ways to eventually phase out into setting our own boundaries and setting time for ourselves? How, how do you suggest that we do that. 
Okay. So yes, right. So one day you're always there for somebody and the next day you completely stop, right? That would be alarming. Uh, so one of the ways that I did it and I implore my clients and, you know, friends and family to do it is, you know, find, find a compromise. So a compromise that works for you. So if someone comes tomorrow and they need you to do something or wants you to do something, and let's say maybe you don't really want to do it, you can work out a compromise. Maybe you push it off to another day of the week that would be more, um, you know, that would serve you better. Or maybe instead of spending a day with somebody, spend an hour or two with them. Be like, I, I would really like to help you with this, but I only have two hours. Sure, I can take you here, but I only have this this amount of time, or maybe we could do it next week when I have a little more time. Take more control of how you want to schedule it so it's on your terms and you feel okay with it. And the more you start to do that gradually, right, you can make those subtle changes. You're actually training others to know what the expectation is. Like, I know that a perva will do this for me, I know that they're always willing to help, but it has to make sure that there's a balance and it fits in to to their schedule as well. Because when you always say yes and you drop what you're doing, you are essentially putting yourself last. And we get to a point where we're on an empty tank and we cannot give to others and show up at 100% when we have an empty tank. So it's important to just look at your life. Everybody's situation is going to be unique to themselves. Look at what it is that you have going on. And the next time someone asks you to do something and maybe you don't necessarily, you're 100% want to do it, find a way that you can compromise where you feel good about it and you're still able to help them to some degree. And then you can eventually get to a way where, you know, it's a little more um, drastic or a little more, um, you know, outlined and a little more detailed. You can also be proactive with them and say, okay, well, if there's something that you're going to need with help with, you know, can you let me know a week in advance? So you have to be vocal and you have to be very clear with the people and loved ones in your life. So they know what to expect and how to respect your time as well. But if you don't put it out there, you're essentially letting people treat you however they want. You're not, you're doing it without a voice. So everything that I talk about goes back to living a deliberate life. And in doing that, you have to identify it yourself and you have to say what you want and be true to yourself. That does make a lot of sense to me. I definitely think that it will make a lot of sense to our listeners as well. So if you are planning on doing and setting boundaries, you have to go about it in a strategic way so that mm -hmm. you are able to sort of not completely cut off and just become another person on a separate day, but rather eventually phase out into being that and along the path you set up expectations for other people on what they are supposed to expect from you and how much time are you able to dedicate to them exactly so as so as to the point of you your deliberate living yeah that that makes a lot of sense to me also rida i have uh, gone through your content and i've thoroughly enjoy, enjoyed it thank you but but i think that our listeners wouldn't be familiar with it so could you tell us what are the things that you talk about and where to find you if one of our listeners want to get in touch with you. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Yes. So I am a life and mindset coach, mentor, and speaker. And so my personal mission in life is to inspire 
educate and empower others to become more self-aware so that they can live their best possible life. Primarily, I serve women who suffer with caterpillar syndrome. And if you're not familiar with that, that's the woman who wants to make changes. They want to learn, they want to grow, but they don't know how. So given my experience and my education and my training, what I do is I help people go from their transition into their destination. I help people to really define who they are. And I talked a lot about that on today's podcast, understanding who you are, and that will essentially help you to uncover who you're destined to be. So I would love to connect with your listeners. I would love for anybody to message me, reach out to me, absorb my content. I'm very active on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and then of course my my website is readabox.com. And I assume that you might have the links in the show notes that might be helpful for listeners if they want to connect. Definitely, I'll put, put all the links in the show notes. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, they can reach out to you by the show notes links. Rida, that was very inspiring talk. Thank you. That you just delivered to us. It was very inspiring knowing your story and how you made all those little adjustments and all those fixes in your life to become a more deliberate, to have a more deliberate lifestyle and how you uh, incorporated affirmations and incantations so that you are able to live up to your full potential. That was really great. I am glad that I we got this opportunity to host you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I completely and thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you, Aperva. Hello guys, thank you all for listening. If you did like that episode, share it with people who you think will benefit from listening to it. If you have any comments or suggestions regarding this episode or any of the previous episodes, you can drop them to us at info at thecharmingbuddha.com. You could also drop them to us on any of our social media pages, the links to which will be posted in the show notes. 